be with you inside of Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora for a very special day of incredible conversations with wonderful people. So a lot of great stuff coming up here where sports meets life. We're going to get started with Christie's Corner coming up here in just a moment inside of monpazpopcorn.com's What's Poppin'? Coming up here, we will have Christie's Corner, which is our bi-monthly segment every other Tuesday to start the show at 9 a.m. Eastern Time. The International Boxing Hall of Famer, Christy Salters Martin, joins me along with PB&J's Lunchbox owner, Pat Orr. And we have a special guest today who you see next to Christy, Ron Borges, longtime sports writer and International Boxing Hall of Famer himself, will be joining me for an unforgettable experience of a broadcast that you cannot miss a second of. After that, we'll be joined in hour two at 10 a.m. Eastern time by Tammy Reese, the University of Rhode Island Rams women's basketball head coach. We'll be talking about Rhodey, the NIT, making history, the success the team's had, and we'll get her thoughts on the NCAA tournament and how it all finished up for the women. And we'll round out the show, speaking of finishing up, with the ingredients to success, proudly brought to you by the fantastic people at Avicoli. So without further ado, we will take a quick step aside and be back with Christie's Corner. Carvel DeWitt, it's what happy tastes like. Do you know why? Because we make ice cream. Creamy, rich, flavorful ice cream. Not yogurt or iced milk like some of our competitors. Ice cream. Fresh, by hand, daily. For the calorie conscious, we have something new for you. Our new Carvelite. Same great flavor, creaminess, and texture of our regular ice cream with only 35 calories an ounce. So whether you want an ice cream cake, flying saucer, dasher, carvelage, hard or soft ice cream, we will satisfy your craving with our fresh, handmade, regular, or new Carvelite ice cream. Carvel DeWitt. It's what happy tastes like. Cafe Cabalm offers same-day local delivery of our products, offering no delivery charge for Onondaga County. Shop CafeCabal.com for fresh roasted coffee beans, cold brew, travel mugs, and all your essential Cafe Cabal needs. Cafe Cabal, coffee for the soul. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is located on 3680 Milton Avenue in the Home Depot Plaza. It is your family-friendly sports bar and restaurant. Folks, some sports bars aren't family-friendly. Some family-friendly restaurants are not sports bars. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is proud to be both. It is that marriage that you've been looking for for years. The Wildcat Sports Pub is your home base for your sports bar and restaurant needs, games for the kids, indoor and outdoor activities, and enough things on the menu to come back every single week and get to try something new. They're open Sundays from noon to 8 p.m., Monday through Wednesday, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., and Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to midnight. For reservations and party information, call 315 315- 487-2222 for the Wildcat family-friendly sports pub and restaurant. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora from inside of the Cafe Kubal Studios. You know, every other Tuesday, we have an exclusive special that we bring to you monthly 
bi-monthly here, Tuesdays at 9 a.m. to start off Wake Up Call. And that is our Christie's Corner segment featuring the champ, Christy Salters Martin, here with us, International Boxing Hall of Famer, a fantastic human being, working on a lot of projects right now, and we've discussed it from the boxing uh, VR game that we have, Golden Gloves, to her book, to everything else coming out, movie that we're going to be talking about today. And we have Ron Borges here with us, another member of the International Boxing Hall of Fame, and of course, Pat Orr, who has taken some incredible pictures in the world of boxing. She's also the owner of PB&J's lunchbox that is here on 663 old liverpool road in liverpool new york that proudly brings you this segment on wake up call exclusively so with that being said ron christy pat how are we all doing good morning good morning good morning all good so so christy i'm gonna defer to you this is your corner so i know we have ron on the phone here today for a special conversation there's a lot of different places we can go to but I'd love to hand it off to you as far as where you'd like to start now that we have Ron Borges here as a special guest. Well, I'm, I'm very honored that Ron took the time to come on with us this morning. And of course, you know, now that we have him here, we have to talk about the book and uh, uh, just the uh, craziness that I caused him when, when many times we've been mid conversation, I'll be, I would say to him, Ron, I'll call you right back. And then it's like six or seven hours later. And I'm like, Oh shit, I forgot to call Ron. So I guess, you know, if Ron shares some of the, the crazy um, days, it doesn't have to be the stories about the story in the book, but the story behind the, the book, um, if you would. Yeah. So Ron, and, and as, as Ron gets set to do that, I do want to let everybody know uh, the book, My Journey Through Boxing, Fame, Abuse, Murder, and Resurrection, Fighting for Survival, the Christy Martin story with Ron Borges as a part of this. So yes, Ron, please I, I would love for you to indulge Pat and I and everybody watching and listening about what it was like to work with Christy on this project. Well, it was interesting, uh, to say the least. Um, <laughs> when, you know, when I first approached her, we hadn't talked in many years, although you know, I covered most of her career. And as she loves to point out, I uh, made it clear early in my uh, writing career that I was not a big fan of women's boxing. Uh, which I was not initially. Um, but over time, uh, Christy sort of changed my mind because of the way she approached the job. You know, in those days, there were a lot of women that were almost more of a sideshow. Uh, Christy just wanted to be a, a box, a fighter, not a female fighter, not a circus act, just a fighter. And over time, I saw that, hey, she could, you know, she could fight a little bit. And then I said, well, she can fight a little bit more. And by the end, I said, she can fight pretty well. Um, so as time passed, you know, we sort of drifted apart as people do in this business. Uh, and then uh, it suddenly struck me. I just finished a documentary I'd done on, worked on uh, about Oscar De La Hoya and Julio Cesar Chavez and their two fights and sort of cultural uh, side of that. I was looking for another project, and I thought uh, – Oh, Christy Martin, what a you know what a great uh, documentary that would make. So I called her and we agreed to meet down in Florida. Of course, I was late to the party. During my life, she'd already begun uh, <laughs> uh, one with Netflix, but since they didn't want to waste the trip, uh, we started talking about a book. And she uh, said she had been approached a bunch of times and had said no, uh, but uh, for whatever reason, and Christy can explain that to you. For whatever reason, she decided to say yes. 
when we started the project. One of the things that was most interesting about it is as time went, you know, some of the times I went to Austin uh, or we met elsewhere and we did some of it, but a lot of it was done on the phone. Uh, but um, when I would go to see her, I would usually leave on a Friday morning, uh, about three o'clock uh, flight. So Friday morning would go from like nine to 12. And she would seem to save the Fridays for the most dreadful, heinous, stories uh you know that had come from her life uh they would all seem to be on that friday at nine o'clock uh, and i always sort of felt that was because you knew she only had to talk about it till noon and then i had to leave to go to the airport <laughs> 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 you know, she was, that's about the third or fourth time this happened uh i walked in one friday and she said uh, uh you know there's really something i should have told you about whatever she said that i knew oh boy and i said uh, you know every time you say that i want to go lay down in a dark room with a cold all over my face. <laughs> 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 Some incredible stories. Yeah. And, and, and that's how it worked out. But she was very, very honest. You know, I had said to her initially, I don't want to do a book that's not accurate, uh, not true. If you can tell, you don't have to tell every little thing in your life. And I didn't want to, I mean, we all knew the trials and tribulations she had gone through. I didn't want to do a book where she said, oh, yeah, everything was great every day. And, you know, I won championships and it was all good. And, uh, by the end, I was telling you, you know, you really don't have to say, be this honest. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> that's the way she is. It was great. You know, and Ron, you mentioned that, you know, how how trying this story has been. And, and for Christy to live it is is obviously beyond. I mean, it, it just seems like it's it's not even a, a human thing by any stretch of the imagination that was that was done, you know, in Christy's life. And to sit down with her and to learn of this story, how has her life affected your life beyond the book, knowing what she's been through? And like you said, you want to go in a dark room and, and put, you know, a cold pack or, you know, cold towel on your face and whatnot. Hearing all of this is one thing. Living it is another. And I know that in this book, you try to really let people take a look inside of her world. How did her world affect you? Um. Well, I think I've become a, a lot more uh, understanding and a lot uh, less sure that, you know, reporters get paid to know the story. Uh, and, you know, one of the things I found out was that uh, I didn't know anywhere near as much about uh, Christie's life as I thought I had. Uh, and, and that's really impacted me. The other thing that's really struck me uh, at the time and that I've never haven't watched her speak since at a number of events uh you know you, you can't help but come away saying to yourself exactly what are you complaining about today in your own life you know how bad is it really uh oh really this is such a problem that you can't get out of bed or this is such a problem that you can't figure some way to solve it look what this woman did uh really for most of her life uh overcoming one large obstacle after another um and you know always finding a way to fight back and, and to never quit uh and i think we all sort of think uh it was subscribed to that you know oh yeah you, you never quit there's, there's there's whole levels of that and 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 what i learned from christy is that there's a there's a level of not quit that only some people have and uh if you can take that away and from reading this book uh, and from getting to know her story and 
just make yourself a little bit stronger. Uh, your life will become a lot. Uh, may not be less complicated, though, but it'll be easier in a lot of ways. That coming here from Ron Borges, who joins us in Christie's Corner as our special guest. With Christie, our bi-monthly special guest, and Pat Orr, the proud owner of PB&J's Lunchbox that brings you this exclusive segment on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, having a discussion right now about Christie's book. I want to let everybody know that's the easiest way to go out and get it. I mean, obviously, you can reach out to Christie on social media. You can also go to uh, Amazon.com for the Kindle as well as the hardcover. Again, uh, Fighting for Survival, Christy Martin with Ron Borges. Christy, you just heard all those words from Ron. And and like he said, you know, you could speak a little bit more to it, you know, calling him up on that Friday and making sure that he's laying down somewhere safe so he can hear these stories. But I would love to hear your side of it, too. And just what it was like when you would say something to Ron for this book and then call him up and say, oh, wait, I forgot about this or you may need to sit down for this. Because to me, what you went through, Christy, a lot of people just kind of keep it to themselves and they move on with their lives, and that's the way that they try to deal with it. You've shared your story with the world, and when you were creating this book, you had to be very, very honest, and I'd love for you to expand on what Ron was saying. Well, number one, um, Ron was right. He came to Florida and met with me, and and I had told other people no, but something, I mean, we've known each other for a very, very long time, and I, I did know that he was not a fan of women's boxing, but I also knew that I had won him over a little, a little bit by the time that my career with Don King was over anyway. And, and when he came to me, I, I felt it was real. I felt genuine that, no, I want to tell your story. I want to help you tell your story. And um, I want it to be authentic. And that's, um, I, I told him, you know, he just, he gained a family member, whether he, he wanted to or not. Uh, he stuck with me. Um, but yeah, we had some really great discussions and, and he's right. Sometimes I would be like, oh, you know, in the middle of the night, I would wake up and think, oh, I didn't tell Ron about this. And and so the next morning I would, Ron, I have one more thing I need to tell you. One time he was actually here at, at the house in Austin and um, he looked down under my desk and he saw this file of eight by 10 photos. And he's like, oh my goodness, why didn't you show me these? I'm like, Oh, I forgot they were there. So it wasn't that I was holding out on him. It was just, I felt like I gave him so much that he was probably getting overwhelmed with uh, Christy Martin information. So, I, you know, at some point you kind of start to hold back a little bit. Um, but again, as I spoke with Ron writing the book, with him writing the book, I was very comfortable. And so it was easy for me to talk to him about the hard stuff. And it was I felt that he understood me. Um, he didn't question me. He understood me, uh, even though some of the things may have been strange to him or not easy to understand. He found a way. Ron, you admitted that you weren't a fan of, of women's boxing initially. How did Christy change your mind to where you are today? Well, one of the things that I, that I didn't like about it was I saw very few women in those early days who really uh, knew how to fight, uh, in my opinion. And then the next time I see it, they weren't any better than the next time. And the next time I see it, they weren't any better than the first time. With Christy, that you always saw from the start, was this sort of pretty consistent improvement, uh, becoming what I describe as 
the highest praise I can give a professional fighter is when I call him, that guy's a professional. He's not some guy just in there winning punches. He's not something. He's a professional fighter. He takes it seriously. Uh, and and Christie was the same way. And you could see the improvement. Uh, and, and then of course he became dominant there, and he lose the fight for nearly eight years. Um, and it wasn't just that the opponents, uh, you know, some of them, some of them over time they could fight too. They make any difference. Uh, you know, she was better than everybody. Uh, and, and, you know, you have to respect that. You have to respect the person who uh, is putting in that kind of effort to get better. And the other thing about her, at least when she, whenever I spoke to her, uh, she didn't spend a lot of time whining and complaining about, uh, you know, what wasn't there. You know, she knew how difficult the road was and that she was really cutting a path for all these female fighters that have come along since. Uh and that's that's very difficult, you know. John King says in the foreword to the book uh, that uh, uh, some people have said to him, "Well, if it wasn't Christy Martin, so it would have been somebody else as the trailblazer." And King's response is, uh, uh, "Yeah, but it was Christy Martin. It wasn't anybody else. It was her." And uh, and and I came to really, uh, you know, respect that uh, about her. And and the other thing is, you know, just as She's very honest about her life in this book, uh, painfully honest. Uh, she was what I call an honest fighter. You know, she came there uh, to win, uh, and most of the time that's what happened. Uh, you know, when she didn't win, uh, which was basically late in her career, uh, she didn't spend a lot of time making tons of excuses or complaining, with the exception of one time when she had every right to complain when the referee did one of the worst jobs in the history of boxing, male or female. Uh, you know, stopping the fight when she had a broken hand. And uh, it was in the last, I believe, 30 seconds or so of the last round. There was no reason to stop the fight, but uh, uh, but they did. And even then, you know, she didn't like it, and she complained about it loudly. Uh, but then she moved on. And so I, have, I gained a lot of respect for her as an athlete and, 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 as a, and as a fighter, and most importantly, as a serious person. You know, she was serious about what she did. She wanted to be good. Excuse me. And she didn't want any breaks. Uh, by which I mean, you know, don't give me any breaks and say, well, she's, you know, uh, she's a good female boxer. She either wanted to be known as a good boxer or not. And certainly by the end, uh, she was, in my opinion, the, the greatest female boxer uh, of her time. And most people would say of all time. Big words coming from Ron Borges uh, here with us this morning inside of Christie's Corner with Christie Salters Martin, the champ, and, of course, Pat Orr, myself, Dan Tortora, inside a wake-up call, hearing from Ron right now, who's been connected with the Oakland Tribune, Sacramento Union, as well as the Boston Globe, Boston Herald, inducted into the International Boxing Hall of Fame himself back in 2022. Pat, any questions, thoughts, comments toward Ron or Christie from the conversation so far? I think that Christy picking Ron to do her book was a great choice. Um, his knowledge and coverage of sports in general is is, is genuine. It's real. Um, not not so much bullshit that some people put out there. Um, the women's boxing, though, I think when Christy came up, like Ron said, like some of the fighters they they weren't that that good. Um, you know, sometimes the choice of fighters just wasn't there. Um, and you had to pick somebody a little less 
Um, but it still, Christy still put on a good show and, and did what she was supposed to do because she was serious about her business and boxing definitely was her business. You could tell by the way she fought. And, and I've talked to Chris, the first time I met Christy, which was at PB&J's Lunchbox, I said to her, you got 49 victories. I said, do you want the 50th? She said, hell yeah. I said, would you fight today? She said, yeah. And she looked over, she looked over at Lisa for a second. And then she said, yeah, I'd do it again. So Christy, why have you, why have you never lost that? You never lost the fight. You never lost the drive. You never lost the, desi the desire. And I believe you. I believe that in the right situation, you would get back into, you probably sneak into the ring, make sure nobody <laughs> knew. It, but maybe tell me, because I want to be there, and Pat's got to shoot it, and Ron obviously has got to tell a story about it. So what is it about you that, you know, I, I don't feel like we can ever count you out of the ring, and, and you're still in it with everything that you do with your companies and, and everybody that you help, and the, the fact that you're paying it forward by looking for the next boxer all the time. Dan, you know what? I, I Very simply, I loved my job. And I will always love that job. I wish I, you know, we could always wish we were a little bit younger. We could do it again. But I'm telling you, I did have a stroke. Had I not had the stroke, I would still be, I would, I would still be in the ring. I mean, Roy Jones was just in the ring over the weekend. Um, not sure he put on the greatest performance, but, you know, he was still doing what he loved to do. And, and that's exactly where I would be right beside Roy Jones, Mike Tyson, and, and those guys that are really fighting. I, I, the exhibitions are fun, whatever. You can go out there and do that when you're 100. But I would want to fight. I, would, I want to win. And that, that competitiveness, I think, you know, is just something that my dad probably instilled in me from, from the word go. Um, he was always challenging me. And um, he, he, I played basketball. He would, he would rebound for me. And if I missed, he would throw it back harder. And if I missed again, he would throw it back a little bit harder. And that kept going on until I focused enough to start making those shots. And um, that's just that's just the way that I was raised, and that's that's who I am, competitive. Ron, I got to ask you this: since Mike Tyson, that people have, there's some people that will go out there and and say they'll pay Mike Tyson to hit them in the face, which to me is absolutely insane. If you had a choice of having Mike Tyson hit you or Christy hit you, who would you choose and why? I would either reluctantly uh, choose Christy only because Tyson outweighs her by oh, 50 pounds, uh, but I would go in there with a catcher's mask on. <laughs> it would be an enjoyable event in either, uh, either case, you know. Uh, I mean, the one thing about Christy, and I told this a couple times, a lot of people say that to her, well, you had 49 wins, you know, would you like the, the you know, would you like the 50th win? And in my mind, she got the 50th win when they put Jim Martin's ass in prison for 25 years. Yep. That was the 50th win, and that was Good probably point. the biggest fight of her, her life, because, uh, you know, you're confronting uh, in a courtroom uh, a guy who'd been her trainer, uh, uh, and her, her husband, uh, you know, stabbed her, shot her in the chest. I mean, <laughs> even with all the natural sort of, uh, you know, safety mechanisms in a courtroom, uh, you still got to face the guy. Uh, and of all the opponents she faced, there was none more deadly than Jim Martin. 
that's for damn sure. Uh, so f- to me, she got her 50th win uh, when they locked him up. And, uh, and I'm glad she got because she earned it. Absolutely. Yeah, I think, Ron, that's a fantastic point. In the moment that you said that, I got choked up listening to it. Christy, I don't think we could say it better than Ron. You got your 50th. I, I It took me a long time to to like be okay with that. But yes, I did get my 50th win and, and I got it in the courtroom. I also, I, I, many times I know that I got the 50th win when I got up off the floor after being shot and stabbed, left there for dead, bleeding like crazy and was able to get out of the house that night. So the truth is I tried twice after to get 50th win, but I already had it. Yeah, you did. And you know what the thing is, is you didn't just get your 50th win. You, because of you, because of your story, because of your fight, because of your love for yourself, your dedication to yourself and, and getting up off the floor in insurmountable odds to a lot of people, you not only got a win, but I know that Christy Martin has saved somebody's life somewhere. And you may never know that, but we know that. Because when somebody else sees somebody fight insurmountable odds, without question, someone will fight their own insurmountable odds because you did it and now they'll do it and that's going to pay forward and and ron i know uh we we we, we've had you for a bunch of minutes here but so before we let you go i would love for you and christy to speak on how this book is a win and why people should buy it ron i'll start with you well appreciate that because that was really the point of doing this look it's a you know it's just from a uh, a journalist standpoint or a writer standpoint. You know, if you can't write Christy Martin's story, you might as well have your fingers cut off. I mean, it's, it's just not that. <laughs> the story's all. <laughs> but the whole point of, point of the book, really, uh, and I didn't necessarily realize this at the start, but the point of the book was just what you described. That, uh, and I've seen it in a, a lot of different places when I've seen Christy speak to uh, various audiences. Uh, the whole point of the book, in the end, is uh you can do it you know if if you you know if you're willing to fight for your own survival if you think you're worth it which you are uh here's the proof that you can do it because you can't get any lower down than christy was you know she was one of the things i loved that she did when we talked about of course you know she had a battle with drugs for four and a half years before she got shot because her life was so miserable and to her credit and she says in the book you don't blame jim martin for that even though he was supplying me uh, those the cocaine because that's how he was going to control her at that point. Um, but she never blames for that part. But she made her own choices. You didn't have to do it. You didn't put it up her nose. So she got herself in that. And, and, and that's the thing about the book. She doesn't bullshit you or herself. Uh, and, it, you know, she makes the point very clearly over and over that uh, she got a victim. Even though, you know, looking outwardly, you would say, well, she was a victim of this and a victim of that. She always says she's a survivor. And and as she explained to me, what's important for people to understand, people in her circumstance or similar circumstances, as long as you think yourself as a victim, you're going to stay a victim. Yeah. You know, you've got to be a, uh, see yourself as a, as a survivor and somebody who's worthy of, of surviving. You know, one of the things that was difficult at the start for me to understand excuse me, as it is for most people, I think, is, and we've all known 
uh, people in these kinds of difficult circumstances. And what's the, one of the first things you always think is, well, why do you stay? Why do you stay? It doesn't make any sense. Uh, well, now I understand why uh, people stay in these abusive relationships. And because they're trapped for an assortment of different reasons, uh, maybe they put up some of those walls themselves. Maybe the, the abuser puts up a lot of those walls for sure. Uh, but they stay because they're, they're trapped. They're not stupid. Uh, they're not self-hating. Well, then maybe in some cases they are self-hating, which is part of the reason they can be, be manipulated. Uh, but she made me understand, uh, you know, how that trap is set and how hard it is to get out. Uh, but she also makes clear, both through the book and her life, you can get out if you have the courage to do it. Uh, and if you can come to the realization that you're worth it. And I think if, if the biggest part of this book, look, there's a million great boxing stories in there, funny things. It's not all a downer, you know. Uh, but, um, but, you know, the big point that, of the book is that anybody suffering uh, the way Christy did is a, is a guidebook to get out. Because if you can get out of the situation she was in, then anybody can do it if they have the courage to do it. Christy? Well, number one, um, first of all, thanks, Ron. I, I love you, and I appreciate all the great words that you say and, and all the hard work that you put into the book. Um, but people say to me, why do you keep telling your story? Well, from my hospital bed, after being shot and stabbed, I said, God left me here for a reason. And that reason is to share my story, to talk about domestic violence and to make people aware of other, other people's situations. And also to let somebody else see that, hey, if she can get out, there's nothing special about her. If she can get out, so can I. And one of the worst things, and this is what Ron was talking about, he didn't really understand. One of the worst things people say about domestic violence victims, um, why does she stay? Why doesn't she just leave? If it were that easy to just leave, we wouldn't have domestic violence. You know, people would just leave the first time something went wrong. First time somebody hit you. First time somebody told you you can't have this money. First time somebody told you you can't talk to that person. They would, you would just leave. But it's not that easy uh, for many reasons. It's not that easy. My personal reason, my professional and my personal life were so intertwined that, that I didn't want to give up my professional life to save my person, me. And um, so I, I kind of just... As I say, I married boxing and I tried to put all my focus on boxing and not really bask in the bullshit that I was really living in. Um, so I, I do think the book and you can get it from christymarkpromotions.com. I will personalize it, take it to the mailbox myself and send it to you. Um, I think it's also the underdog story. You know, if, if everything's not so perfect, I'm from a small town in Southern West Virginia and coal miner's daughter. And I, and I made it. I made it. I made it through the boxing world, which is a tough world to make it through. And, and I made it to the other side of a terrible domestic violence situation. Yeah. And we're happy that you did. And we're happy here to celebrate that and celebrate your life and celebrate it with this book and everything. Ron, I can't thank you enough for being a part of today. I would love to have you back on the show, but I, I do want to say thank you very much for sharing the stories that you've shared and, and for caring so much about Christy enough to tell her story means a lot. Sure. No, uh, I 
have me come on any time. Before I go, I want to tell you one really fast story that I think encapsulates what we were just talking about. Christy described to me, and we have it in the book, the night that Jim Martin proposed to her, um, in the middle of the street, down in Florida. And in the midst of the, of the uh, proposal, he also says to her, and if you ever leave me, I'll pay. And when, when she told me that, i got to be honest with you, I laughed out loud. I just looked at her and said, this struck you as a really good idea. Maybe not the best. And she, you know, we got to laugh on but it just shows you, you know, that if someone has control of you, uh, maybe maybe because you have your own issues, you know, he knows how to push the buttons. But who would take that? I mean, of the four of us on this call, I'm pretty damn sure that the only one who would have taken that deal was Chris. Was Chris. <laughs> <laughs> see why Christy likes you so much. So I look forward to talking with you soon. Be happy to do it anytime. Love you, Christy. Bye, Ron. Love you. <laughs> Take care. Bye, Ron. Bye. So as we continue this conversation here with Christy Martin and Pat Orr, uh, Christy, I, I mean, you know, we've gotten to know each other over these past few months. I got this like feeling in, in the pit of my stomach and something in my, like hearing the way that Ron described it, talks about it. You describe, like, you can tell that he really does care about you. And you can tell that there's that bond and that connection. And you can't help but get emotional, you know. And, and Pat knows me, I'm an open book and I show her my emotion all the time. I'm happy you're here. I mean, you're letting me do this. I, I, I didn't, you know what I mean? It's this is, I called you up one day. I said, Christy, this is my idea. I want to do Christy's Corner. And you said, I'll never forget these words. You said, Yep, let's do it. And you said, simple enough for you? 
and I just, and I, and I just, you know, I, I appreciate that. And I appreciate the fact that you let me do this because I don't see you as a boxer. I don't see you as a special guest. I see you as a friend. And the more I know about you, the more I am so happy that you're here. So I think the next time you see me, my hug's probably going to be a little bit bigger, maybe a little bit longer, and you're going to have to accept it. Hopefully. <laughs> Don't hit me, that's, please. And that's, uh, <laughs> that's fine. I look forward to it. And I so much appreciate what we're doing. I mean, I think together we're, we can change a lot of lives and, and get the word out there more about domestic violence, domestic violence awareness, and, and just... Ah, there's so many issues in the book, the sexuality, the domestic violence, the, uh, this underdog story. And then there's the part about if you really want to be a professional boxer, you got to bust your butt. You got to train. You have to you have to be willing to go out there and put your, your yourself, your life on the line and and really do it. So I, I thank you for this great opportunity and PB&J lunchbox and all that. We're so happy, Pat. You, this you're, you're awesome. And thank you so much for making this happen. I that you're, and thank you for letting us do this, Pat. I told Christy this off the air, and there is a couple things. We're going to get back to Golden Gloves VR. We're going to talk about the movie that's being shot. Speak about Coal Miner's Daughter. It's going to be in West Virginia, so we'll talk about that in a second. But I told Christy off the air, and I want to tell you on the air, I saw somebody over the weekend eating a pot roast sandwich, not from your place. And all it made me think about was I have to go into PB&J's and I have to order the sandwich I got with my mom. I do not cheat on you, so <laughs> I refuse to eat the sandwich. I saw I saw the guy eating it, and I was like, I think I know what food truck he got it from. And I said, that's fine. I'll hold out a couple days, and I'll go eat it when I go to PB&J's. So just make sure that, that there's something there that can recreate that sandwich for me. Because I know it was a special that day, but I, I just want – yeah. So I do, But I do want you to know that uh, – I don't cheat. So I saw it and I was like, whatever that looks like only made me think about the sandwich I get at PB and J's. And, and so thank you for the work that you do because Pat, I mean, you're, you're incredible. I mean, without you, I don't know Christy and don't know Ron and, and all of that. So, I mean, Pat, I know you give credit to a lot of other people and you always speak highly about all of your friends and you treat us like we're all Kings and Queens of the world. But I think Christy would agree with me that you are a queen of this planet too, and you deserve to get some accolades and some spotlight because you always take care of everybody. And I think we need to spotlight you and thank you for everything that you do. Amen. Thank you. Appreciate it. So before we get into Golden Gloves, I do want to say this. We talk about women's athletics as well. I know that Pat saw it. Christy, I don't know if you've seen it, but the, the NCAA championship, the tournament, if you saw the end of it, I know Pat wants to talk about it for a second. I have one gripe. It has nothing to do with the teams that made it, nothing to do with the coaches, nothing to do with the players. Why is a women's primetime event on at 3.30 in the afternoon, which is 12.30 on the West Coast, when people are still eating brunch? So as we look to change things and question the things that need to be questioned, Christy, Pat, I'd love to get your thoughts. Christy, I'll start with you on the fact that we saw one of the greatest basketball games, not women's games, one of the greatest basketball games and I'll defend that, that I've ever seen in 37 years of my life. But we saw it at absolutely the wrong time of day. Christy, your thoughts? And you know what? With that being said, the house was still full. And I, I, don't, I haven't heard the viewership, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bet that 
the viewership was off the charts because it was it was for all the games. But you're right. Why why is it at three thirty instead of you know seven eight o'clock at night uh, like the guys will be? Yeah. So Pat, your thoughts? You and I talked about it off the air. At three thirty sounds terrible. It sounds worse when whenever the games are later for like a men's game or something like that, and you say, why is this game so much later? And they say, well, because we want the West Coast to get home. Well, in this case, insult to injury, the West Coast was either at church or eating brunch at the time the game was on. Absolutely, and I think it's because women's sports are still considered the um, undercard. Uh, they're, not the, they're not the main event. Um, yesterday's was definitely a main event. I think there was over 385,000 people that... that we're watching it and I'm not sure of the numbers, but um, like you said, it was just a great game. It didn't, I didn't care if it was men or women's. All I want to do is see good games like that. And I want to see good athletes. Um, Caitlin Clark, <laughs> there hasn't been anybody like her in a while. And I don't know how, how much sooner you'll see another one like her. Yeah. Um, she needs to be a little more humble, a little less cocky maybe, but you know, it depends on what she does afterwards, I guess. Um, she plays the game. She deserves to be, be proud of herself. She she works hard to do what she does. Um, and it was just incredible to see the games from the final eight up to the final game last night. Um, just amazing. Yeah. So, I mean, we've had some record-setting days. I do know that the fans in the stands, 19,482 was the announced attendance just to – paint a picture for the people that wonder that because in the dome you get 30,000 plus most of these arenas that hold NCAA tournament games for men's and women's typically top out at 19,000 or 18,000. So 19,482, that's a packed house in a men's game or a women's game. So I want to thank people for showing up in Dallas at two 30 their time and coming out to that game. I love the game, appreciated it, had a great time with it. Speaking of games, Golden Gloves VR. We talk about it all the time. Christy has still barred Pat and I from practicing. So, <laughs> so Christy, I would love for you to, to tell us how good are you now? Are you on the expert level? Can Christy beat Christy? I, I just want to know where things are with Golden Gloves VR because Pat and I are chomping at the bit to have an opportunity to get after someone. I also want to know if you have punched anything in the house, like as Lisa's walking around, have you hit the table? Have you knocked her sandwich off of, of, of like a little side table that she had on? What was going on there? Did you knock down your your uh, nice special drink that you made for yourself? <laughs> I just want to know what's happened while you've been playing this game. Right. No, you know, I, I'm actually, believe it or not, pretty good at staying in my little grid. Um, Lisa's the one that was banging into tables, but I, I've stayed in the grid. I, I it's amazing to me. The game is amazing to me because it is so realistic. It's so, it's so much fun. And I don't know that I'm really getting any better at it. I know that I'm having more fun every time I do it. Um, it's a lot. It, yeah. It's, it's over the top and I am working on getting you guys hooked up. Uh, Aaron is going to be actually at my pro show in Myrtle beach, July 29th. He's going to bring the game and set up a little booth. Um, we're trying to get him to Syracuse as well. Uh, so, so yeah, we're, we're making big pushes with uh, VR Golden Gloves. And I also want to make a note, Striking Beauties, a shout-out to everything that they've done in these last couple of weeks. I'm putting some nice posts out about Christy Salters-Martin joining the team, and they've seen the stuff that we've done 
with Wake Up Call on social media, and they have uh, reflected that in a positive way. So I do want to shout out Striking Booty, Beauties, and, and I definitely want to shout out at Jackie Callen for being on the show as well. And so that you guys know, and I know Pat knows all about this place, Mon Paz Kettle Corn and Popcorn Factory has a new premium kettle corn called the Elvis. So after we spoke with Jackie, I went out to Mon Paz and got the banana peanut butter drizzle <laughs> kettle corn. And I've been eating that while watching the men's and women's tournament games. So Elvis has found his way into my building is what I would like to share. <laughs> so, there you go. Then <laughs> um, also yeah. Monday night, um, we had the VH1 special. Yeah. It's a celebrity crime celebrity, I think. So it's, it's kind of my story on the VH1. So, uh, you know, it's exciting. I, I, I'm old, so I had to uh, record it. And I'll watch it hopefully later on. But um, yeah, I'm excited about that as well. We had uh, a lot of people on as guests. I think, right, matter of fact, they talked to Ron, uh, Lisa, uh, my hairdresser, who gave me a very short haircut uh, prior to the <laughs> the recording. But yeah, it was uh, it was fun. It was uh, exciting and you know entertaining. And, and it's always it's always tough. As I sat there talking about my story and my life and putting. My, my world out there to everybody, but hopefully we get a little resurgence and, and people start to talk about domestic violence through the, through this story. Yeah. So celebrity crime story, uh, true crime story and Christy Martin in connection with that. So check out VH1 and don't miss that. You can also see the uh, Netflix documentary part of it as well. And Christy is going to be in a new movie coming up that's being shot in West Virginia, the perfect home of the coal miner's daughter. Cause as Christy said, you can take you can take the coal miner's daughter out of West Virginia, but you can't take the West Virginia out of her. You're heading to West Virginia to be able to do this and, and share this story. And I'd love for you to share with Pat and I. And I'm going to keep doing this on the air so that you have to answer us. Are Pat and I coming to the red carpet? Is what I want to know. <laughs> well, this one, you know, this one I have a lot less say, but the it's the title. It's titled "The Beatdown." Yeah. And uh, it is shot in West Virginia with the whole West Virginia uh, boxer that's doing the tough man. And, and the, I'm, I'm playing a mother to my son, who is an okay boxer, but he really can never train hard and keep his focus. So he's out there being, being a screw up kind of. Now he has a son and the son's serious and a much better boxer. So he's entered into the tough man. Dad comes back. You know, it's, it's one of those. He's, he's the loser, but wants to, wants to still be the big man on campus. So I think it'll be fun. I don't, I don't know. I'm not much of an actor or actress, but um, I don't have to go real far because I'm a box, uh, you know, former boxer, West Virginia, all these things that I pretty much, I pretty much am. So I don't have to go too far. Just as long as I can remember a few lines. Yeah. So I'm excited about it. Pat, what do you think about what's coming up here for Miss Christy Martin, your, your longtime friend, the fact that we have a movie being shot, in West Virginia, VH1 telling the story, Netflix telling the story, the book telling the story. Sounds like a lot of good things happening for a great person. And I know that you've had a relationship with Christy for a long time, so I'd love to hear it from your angle. Um, I gotta say I'm pretty proud of her because she just keeps doing what she needs to do to get her story out there. Um, you know, 48 hours, Netflix, now VH1. Um, and I think that you know, when her actual movie comes out, that everything's going to come together, the full circle. Um, 
And if people don't hear about Christy Martin's story and don't understand it as an underdog story and a survivor story, um, then there's no hope for them. Yeah. Because she's doing everything she can to help save somebody. Yeah. Yeah. And that's and it's a it's an amazing story to tell. I'm just happy to know I, I would you know the thing is, Christy, with the I mean, I know this story is part of you and it shows who you are and it's created who you are. I love what Ron said because I tell this to people all the time. You're not a victim. And I tell this people to people when they have cancer too. I say I don't call you a cancer survivor or a cancer victim. I call them cancer thrivers. They thrive beyond it. They go beyond it. Cancer does not define them. They define them. What what happened to you, what Jim Martin did to you, that doesn't define you. It shows that I don't think it defines you. I think it shows you. I think it showed you how strong you are. I think it showed you how, how versatile you are, how incredible you are, how much faith you have, how much determination, desire, and strength you have. If anything, Jim Martin unlocked another piece to Christy that maybe you didn't know you had. So with all due respect to Jim Martin, accidentally, he made you stronger. And I think that that's the best part of this story is he unlocked an element of you that's a, that's a total knockout beyond the ones we already saw. You know what, Dan, I think uh, great, great points, because what he did was he let me know that there's so many people. He had me convinced that the world hated me, like my friends hated me, my family hated me, you know, fans, hated, you know, everybody was against me. Everybody in the world was against me, like he's the only person that cared. So what he has shown me and, and by me getting back up on my feet, that's so much not the truth. And, and the acceptance through boxing. You know, so many people, well, so, so many times he told me that uh, boxing world will not accept me because I'm gay. Well, I'm sure there are some people out there talking behind my back, but I haven't felt it. I have felt nothing but love and support. I mean, I just sat across the table from Don King for three hours, four hours a couple of weeks ago, and, and, and nothing, was nothing was said. And we talked about everything, but there was no difference in, in uh, how he talked to me or how he treated me. Um, the same thing goes on and on. I mean, I, I work with, with Vito Melnicki. I work with people, PBC. I work with so many people in the boxing world, Samson. And, and it's all about most of the time they actually ask me, how's Lisa? Before they even, you know, ask me how I am, which sometimes pisses me off a little bit. Like, no, I don't care. <laughs> I, I, I love that. I love that. I absolutely love that. Because, and I've done it, I mean, in a different way, but like when my parents got divorced, everybody said to me, how's your mom? How's your dad? And after a while I go, yeah, I'm fine. Like right. I'm doing okay. I'm connected to both of these people. So, you know, with that being said, Christy, how is Lisa? No, I'm kidding. So, <laughs> so, so Pat, Pat's going to start our, our rapid fire. Pat's going to ask, Pat's going to ask me and then I'll ask Christy and we'll go around and come back as we always do. So Pat. You get to start us off today. What do you got? Oh, man. Um, let's talk basketball. Okay. Let's talk the men's game tonight. Okay. Who are you going to pick and why? Okay. And I'm going to tell you that I'm going to pick UConn. So, yeah. Because so, I, think, okay. I think Hurley's one of the best coaches out there right now. Yeah, I mean, as people are here watching this uh, Tuesday morning, I will tell you that I had a dream 
about San Diego State and UConn winning. And I wish that that dream would have come to me earlier so that I could have written that on my board. But uh, yeah, in my bracket. But but I will tell you that I think San Diego State's a phenomenal team. I just think UConn, you know, the prediction was UConn's a better team. I think Dan Hurley, I think Dan Hurley knows. I think he knew going in. Like, I've had the blessing to cover this entire tournament. I've done more work with this tournament. I've done with any tournament ever in my life when it comes to, like, national, like, coast-to-coast, all nooks and crannies of the entire country. And I thank everybody and every coach and student athlete that let me do this and, and gave me the opportunity. But I've talked to Dan Hurley a bunch of times, and, and I think that he knew going into the game that I think he knew he was going to win. And I give him a lot of credit. I give him a lot of respect. I think Brian Dutcher, who I've talked to a lot from San Diego State, too, I think he's terrific. And he did something that nobody thought would be done. So, you know, in, in my opinion, I think they're both great. I really do. And I just, you know, UConn has shown that they're the better team in a lot of different ways. Christy, I'm going to come to you for this one. I was eating a snack before we started to get on the air. I want to know your favorite snack and why. Oh, wow. Well, this is kind of crazy. This is what I had late last night. Matter of fact, like in the middle of the night, I think. I woke up and I had almonds and raisins mixed together in, in a cup. And that's like, a, to me, I, I think it's healthy. I'm not sure it is, but it's it's better than, than some of my choices could be. Yeah, I like that. I like almonds and raisins. It, it could have been like a hot fudge sundae or something. Yeah. So it right. Healthy. It, it could have been. Because I think that actually it was uh, Friday night. I was like, Lisa, I really, really would love to have a piece of cheesecake. Just take me to like H-E-B to the grocery store so I can go in and get it. No, no, no. Lisa decides we should go to the Cheesecake Factory and get a piece of cheesecake, which means, you know, the pieces of cheesecake are like the size of a half of a cake. Um, so anyway, that, yeah. that happened. <laughs> they, also, they also cost $72 there. Yes, what's, they do. <laughs> so what's your question for Pat, Christy? So Pat, if you were going to purchase any car, what car would you purchase? Oh boy. When I was younger, I always wanted a Thunderbird. Right. But now i'd have to say i like to go for the comfort and i'm really kind of simple and i really like my crv that's right great lakes honda city that's where i get mine i don't know i like the size of it i don't feel like it's huge too big for me too small for me i think it's a perfect car for me shameless plug great lakes honda city honda crv i have a honda crv as well and I do have another answer I would give to that. Pat, what is your question back to Christy? All right, my question back to Christy is basketball, too. Um, I went to a lot of your fights. I saw the weigh-ins, the press conference, the fights. I saw you talk talk a lot of shit. You knew what to do before a fight to get, you know, make sure the fight was going to be good. What do you think of the little controversy in the games with I can't see you thing and and how um, how the LSU player really really got in Caitlin's face. Even though Caitlin did it too, why is it different that LSU did it? It's a bad thing, but with Caitlin, it's not. Like, are they playing the race card? Is that is that it, or 
is it because the LSU player was more blatant about it, or what? What did you? How did you see it? She went a little bit farther and she doubled down on it. But go ahead, Christy. What your thoughts are? Yeah, I, I agree. I think um, I think it was before. Like I only saw Kaylin like at, at you know she wasn't like really in somebody's face. It was more like to the to the world, to the the arena, to the everybody in the house. You can't see me. I'm that hot, right? But this was directly at her, um, not just with the you can't see me, but with also the ring thing. So I, um, you know, I look, I love to talk smack. And I, I did a, when I was playing basketball, I, I would definitely steal the ball from you and let you know. I, I yeah, I was that arrogant ass. But um, <laughs> I, I don't know. It's part of the game. And, and, and so much of the game has gotten taken from us yeah but but it was just a little bit maybe excessive um again because it was like directed to her if it had just been open to the to the arena like everybody would have known where it was going um yeah i think that would have been easier it would have been better i i agree i agree with that point all right christy what's yours for me I can see that her wheels are churning in a way that is more than in the past because she's given me some good ones, but she's also told me that they've been easy. The face that she just made makes me feel unsafe. So, yeah. <laughs> no, um, this is an easy one, actually. Would you rather cover a Syracuse football game or a Syracuse basketball game? And why? It's tough. I would say I feel like – so I played basketball my whole life, and it's still a place I go to shut my brain off. I love basketball, but I feel like I would choose football. It's just different. And I I, I love – I just – I love something about the football game that's – it's just – it's unique. It's poetic, and it's really tough. You know, I love basketball. I love, absolutely love basketball. But there's something about the football side that is so unique. And there's less games. I think that, too. You know, there's 12. And, you know, for Syracuse men, there's 31 games a season before we get into the, the tournament time. So I'd probably say football just because there's less. You know, there's less and it's and it's different. What would you say, Pat? Would you be more excited if there was a new coach for football? Because I would hesitate to go to games with Babers being the coach. Dino and I have a really good relationship and on and off the air. And I appreciate that relationship that we have. Uh, I have a very close relationship with Scott Schaefer before him. And Scott is just, I mean, he's a different human than, than Dino is. So it is tough. It's definitely tough. I think Syracuse eventually – and this is not me wanting Dino out in any stretch of imagination. I, I I miss Syracuse having people who know the team, know the community, know the culture, instead of trying to come in and create their own culture. I'd like someone to embrace the culture of Central and Upstate New York. It's my home. And honestly, if they hired me as like an analyst or some like person to help out the coach, like if Dino brought me in right now to assess the situation and be like the pulse of the community. I think that would help them immediately. And it's not to toot my own horn. I just feel like he needs somebody who knows 
what we're about. And so I do know coaches that want the job. I don't know if they'll ever get it, but I do hope Dino does a good job with that. I like Christy's easy question. I know that Pat tried to get me in trouble just now. So I, <laughs> so I, no, but I'm honest. I mean, yeah, Dino's got to do a better job this season. Can't keep going in the same direction. I'm trying to get you in trouble. I, I just know. think that he's ruined the atmosphere. Well, I think and I think I the school's ruined the atmosphere. Yeah. They're giving it their all yeah. and giving up a season while he's being rewarded for not producing. So I agree that it can't go in the same direction. I also agree that the school is at fault for a lot of the things going on. Yeah. My yeah. My question to Pat, and Christy, I hope you like this one. Pat is going to be a member of the WWE. I want to know Pat's I want to know Pat's name in wrestling. I want you I want you to tell me your name that we're going to be chanting in the arena, and I want to know what song you come out to to let everybody know that you mean business. Oh God, Dan! You don't. Have me. <laughs> I would never be a WWE wrestler. But this is why I want to do it because I want I want to hear your name and I want to hear what the song would be. Let's see. Um, I do know you, and we've never talked about wrestling, which is exactly why I wanted to ask you a question from left field. Yeah. Um, peace. In honor of WrestleMania. I can't even come up with a name. Oh, Christy, help me here. <laughs> Pat the Punisher. <laughs> what song does Pat the Punisher come out to? Oh my God. Um, <laughs> how can I? Is there a song about running away? <laughs> song about running away? Yeah, there is a song. What's that song? Run away and save your life. There's that song. The run away. So you would come out to run away and save your life and be called Pat the Punisher. I like Pat it. the Wimp? No. <laughs> Pat the Wimp. You're not Wimp. I will say this to you both, Pat Orr and Christy Salters Martin, not only into Ron Borges, not only has this been an incredible, unique, as they all, every single one of these episodes stands alone as a timeless special. They stand together as a series of stories that bond this back to the champ. Christy Salters Martin. So with that, we implore you to go back to youtube.com backslash wakeupcalldt and watch all of these videos. You can also connect to them on wakeupcalldt.com and we will let you know on social media how to make this easier. We also share them repeatedly on audio and video. I want to thank you, Christy, and you, Pat, for making this the one episode above all episodes where you have both sworn the most. <laughs> <laughs> so I yeah we've had I've, I've tracked three swear words I'm happy I'm on the internet there is no FCC so swear away ladies but Christy <laughs> Pat thank you and for Ron as well thank you I appreciate it thank you and with that being said we're here inside of the Cafe Kubal Studios having some fun with you this morning as we always do and speaking of having fun you know what it means when you see Reese's pieces up on the screen I am elated as always to have my good friend join me on the broadcast 
Miss Tammy Reese here, picture in picture from Rhode Island. And Tammy, I got a little surprise for you. So for that segment, I was wearing this, but in the studio, your boy gets ready. <laughs> so oh, <laughs> that's right. So we have the Rhode Island Rams ready to go. How are you this morning? I am excellent. Excellent. Um, great morning. Um, we had some good news yesterday. So, you know, just keeping this uh, train rolling and working, constantly working. Enjoyed watching UConn win it all last night, cheering yeah. for, for Hurley. But, um, you know, just really focusing on um, getting our team together for next year. Yeah, you know, and, and like you said, you had some good news. I, I saw that go up. How How is that recruiting trail been after coming off of a season where this team got to continue under you to create more memories and more success? You know, obviously, it's it's really easier to get in with people. Um, they know the brand now. They know the name. Um, it's not associated with losing anymore. And to be able to win a championship and – you know, compete in the postseason. Um, you you got something to sell now to to some kids that probably wouldn't listen before. Um, so it's been a really really good off season, um, and us working the transfer portal and trying to find the pieces we need um, to fit into our current team and where we need to go to get to the next level. And that's always improving and and getting better. Um, and for us, that means winning an A-10 tourney and, and going to the NCAAs and, and making some noise. And so that's the next level for us. Yeah, you know, in, in this season, and I believe you you deserve a spot in the NCAA tournament. I'm, I'm not saying that because we're friends. I'm saying that because of the body of work that you put forward. So when you didn't get that and, and the, you know, NIT came a call and bring me into kind of the ups and downs of that, of, of wanting to get into the NCAA tournament not getting in, going to the NIT, and obviously, you know, having having a winning mentality and a winning nature continue on in the postseason there. I know it's not the NCAAs, but you made some hay there, had some fun, and, and I followed you all the way through that. So I'd love to get your thoughts on how the postseason went and if you felt like this team was slighted and then how the team, you know, rebounded and did what they did in the NIT. I'm always a realist. Um with the public, with my team. And I was honest with them, you know, you, we were outside looking in, um, you know, on the bubble, outside the bubble looking in. And so we either had to win the A-10 tournament or get to the final um, and to even be considered as a bubble team. And I'm honest with them. They know that. You have to take care of your business and you got to do what you got to do during the year. Um, but so they weren't shocked. It wasn't like the year before where the team was shocked and just couldn't recover from losing the regular season, not winning the, in the A-10, not getting into the NCAA. That shocked them. Um, this year we were prepared and really focused on, okay, we, we didn't do what we needed to do but we need to play in the postseason. We still can get the first postseason win in school history in 48 years. And I tell them whenever we suit it up, we're competing yeah. and we're competing for a championship. You know, it means something. And we did a little history on teams that went to the, a long run in the WNIT and or won it yeah. that next year they were in the postseason of the NCAA. 
it's a catapult. It's it's you learn how to play in the postseason. It's an experience, and you need to to get that experience. And so our team was really excited to play. Um, after we recovered from from the losing to St. Louis in the A10, we regrouped, and they actually wanted to play. They were excited, and we're gonna. It was very a lot of knowledge we gained in that postseason that's going to catapult us for next year. Coming here from Tammy Reese, Rhode Island Rams women's basketball head coach and a great friend of mine, Tammy, for you to, to go into this postseason, like you said, you know, this time around, you know, more focus prepared for it going in and making sure that you make history and get that first see, you know, pro program postseason win to get that, to make that history to have the first ever Rhode Island Rams women's basketball postseason win in the history of the school means blank to you. It's really two words. It, it, I want to say means the world, but, but more importantly, just blessed, just thankful um, because of this team. They did it. it it's not me. It's not the – Players win games. They win championships and they win games. Coaches prepare them for the moment, put them in the best possible situation um, to be successful and through preparation, through scheming, whatever it is. But in the end, this team did this. Um, they won their first A-10 championship in the history of the program. That's 48 years. That's yeah. a long time of not celebrating confetti and <laughs> hoisting a trophy. Yeah. And then the second thing they did was continue it and be the first to win a postseason game. And I told them this, you should, you should just be completely satisfied because no one's ever been able to do it. And no one can take this away from you. There will never be another first ever. You're the team that did it. No one can take that from you. May, may we, we may win another one, but it wasn't the first. You brought this school a first. And they've this year there were so many firsts stand for this team. And so for me, I'm blessed because I had players that did this. I'm satisfied because we did what we set out to do. We had a goal. We had four goals and we reached three of them. We didn't get that NCA berth, but you know, and I'm thankful to have coached this group um, because it was one of my most satisfying, and I told everyone this coaching years of my career other than the Syracuse final four team. Cause I love that team yeah. to this day. I talked to all those kids, Butler Sykes, Morrison Ford, the follow, you know, the tail, um, Bree and Bria and then Peterson and corn. I follow them all on social media. Um, half of them still come to my home and stay and they support Ram. They come to all our games, you yeah. know, that team was was one of my, if not the favorite team. This one was right there with them. Um, and as a coach, you only get blessed with so many perfect seasons for you as a coach. So I am just so grateful and blessed that I had this. I had these players and they did this and, and completely satisfied with what they did. Tammy, you said, you know, there was three goals this season. And well, four, four, but you you hit three of them, not making the NCAA. What were those other three? And I imagine, obviously, having an, an A10 championship was on that list. 
but I want to, I want to see, do you have them there with you? Is yeah, that what you're it's holding? funny because I, I was, you know, you, you do clean up at the end of the season. So you're going <laughs> through all your scouting reports and I pulled this out, you know, when we had our final team meeting Yeah. and the girls put these goals together. We as coaches had our goals and the girls had theirs. The first goal of theirs, the most important goal was build close relationships as a team, become a family, trust each other, believe in each other, fight for each other, united as one. It's what we must do. That's the first goal. I believe they did that. We achieved that. They said they did. A-10 champions. We did that. Best defensive team in the league. We did that. So then you'll see a line. And there was two other goals yeah. that tied for fourth on their list. It was a 20-win season. They did that. 26-7. and seven. It's the most wins in program history. The only other one was go to the NCAAs, and that was tied with that. Yeah. And so we, we achieved their top three, you know, and then we achieved one of the fourth. We just didn't go to the NCAAs. And, you know, Dan, when we talk about first, you know, listen to this, 26 and seven, most wins in program history. Yeah. First, 15 and one at home, Ryan Center, best record ever at the Ryan Center. Two 20-win seasons back-to-back first. Two postseason appearances back-to-back first. First postseason win, farthest ever to go. Two wins in postseason. A-10 co-champs first. And best defensive team in the league. 57.2 points per game first. So this is where you say as a coach, I am blessed and I am grateful. And I'm forever indebted to this team. Because what they accomplished this year, they did. They set out, they set their goals, and they did it. And, you know, that that means the world to me. Um, and, you know, as a coach, you look back and you said, I did it the way we wanted to do it. We didn't compromise culture. Yeah. We got great kids. We did it the right way. So as a coach, I'm completely satisfied right now. You know, there's, there's another goal I want, but that's <laughs> for next year. I believe in the process. I believe if you don't get everything at once, you got to work. And this team set that table to catapult us for next year um, to be even better, to set more first. And, you know, that's that's a recap of our, our season. And it was such a great season. It was amazing. Tammy Reese, Rhode Island Rams women's basketball head coach. Everything that you just said. Everything is, and see the thing, and and Tammy knows this because you know I think we can vibe each other. But I'm upset about one thing right now that I'm not in the room to give you a big hug. That's what I'm most upset about because you read off all those firsts and you give it all to the team. And the reason why this team likes to play for you is because you give it all to the team. The love, the passion, the ego to the side. You're fiery, you're excited, you're animated, you want it, you have the energy, but you're not sitting here telling me how great you are. And that's why I think a lot of people want to come play for you, because it's not about you. It's not about your history. It's not about building a statue for you at Rhode Island. It's about what you're doing, how you're doing it, and the culture that you want. I've seen you through a lot of stuff. We've talked about a lot of things, but Tammy... I've never seen you this peaceful, 
in a way. This kind of like, you've told me all season long, I love this team. I love what we're doing. I love we didn't compromise. I learned in the past that sometimes I went and got talent, but I compromised the culture. To do things successfully, that's a different definition for everybody. You got wins, you made history, but you did it, in your opinion, the right way. How much sweeter is it when you don't sacrifice culture, peace, morals, values, you don't cheat the system? When you win that way, how is that even more successful for you? Well, first and foremost, Dan, I feel your love every day. When you text me, when you, you send, you know, you touch base, you always give me shout outs. You're always, T, so proud of you. Like, you, I feel your love no matter how far or near you are. So I yeah. wish you were in the room too. Um, but you make me feel special every day and you, and you, you, you show me your love. So thank you so much. I, I always appreciate it. Um, secondly, everyone builds their program a different way. They, they, they know what's important to them and that's their right. That's why they were hired. It's their program. Some people listen, it's all about winning how we do it. I don't care. But when you come here, you know, we're going to win and you got to sacrifice some things. And, and that's, that's okay. There's, there's no right way to do anything. It's the way you want to do it. And when I say the right way, that means my way. And meaning I don't like to compromise things I'm not proud of yeah. to get some, to get wins. That's not who I am. I was taught from my parents, from my teachers, from my mentors, that this is how you become successful. And this is the way. I watch Mandalorian and that's going to be my new saying on a shirt. When I say it, my team says it, this is the way. And you repeat it. This is the way. And you know what your way is. My way is you don't compromise. We we do things the right way. Um, I don't allow you to not be great in everything you do and, and how you do it. And that's how I was taught. It's how I was raised. So I believe in that. That's my way. doesn't mean it's the right way. For me, it's the right way. So to be able to win, doing it my way yeah. and not having to not be able to look myself in the mirror and go, you know, you, you said the A, B and C and you did the complete opposite. Yeah. You allowed, you know, E, G and F and you won, but it's not the same for me. And this year I'm very proud. Okay. We didn't go to the NCAAs and, and, but I am so proud of how we did it in the process and staying true to it that it's way sweeter for me personally you know the fans may be like bs tammy we want a championship and i don't care how you get that well you don't you don't coach this team you get to be a fan yeah you don't have to live with yourself yeah in the mirror you just get to cheer you're not cheating kids you're not lying to parents you're not you're not cheating yourself yeah. you got to be proud of how you do it and as a player i was always pr proud of how i did it and I'm proud of how I do it as a coach. And, and, you know, it's funny. Sometimes you learn more from your kids than you do from yourself. And, you know, sometimes my kids remind me, coach, this is, this is the way. Remember, this is what you said. This is what you wanted. Yeah. And, you know, I got to thank a lot of my, my kids on my team because they remind me constantly. <laughs> they, they walk the way. They re they'll let you know as a coach when – you know, you've compromised and, and, you know, some of my kids, I, I owe a great deal of gratitude because they keep me 
on point. I, I got a, I got a great support system and, uh, it's my, my coaches, my fellow coaches, my administration, and especially my team. Tammy, you know, you say all that and I love it and I love the culture and I love what you built and thank you for the kind words as always. When you win and you make all this history, I said to Mike Oresco of the American Athletic Conference, I said, kids are in the transfer portal now, but coaches and schools have been in the transfer portal forever. When it comes to realignment, reclassification, moves, we see a coach lose in the ACC tournament, Josh Pastner, the next morning, he's not the coach anymore. So what keeps you in Rhode Island? Because we've talked about the passion for it and what you have in the administration. But I also know that the type of coach that you are, I'm sure people see it. So what keeps you leading the Rams? First, I'm, I'm an older coach. What used to drive me as a young, um, very competitive person, um, and, and my value system, you know, status, you know, money, names, you know, all that I used to think was, was what brought happiness and the ultimate. And now that I'm older and I, you know, I just had a birthday the other day, I'm 53. My God, I don't know where the time went. Let me stop. Let me stop you for a second. There's nobody that believes that you're 53 years old. I want to see the birth certificate, but go ahead. Well, I am. <laughs> Um, and the mere fact that I know every 70s TV show and song, and it proves I'm 53. Um, but I'm in a place in my life where I know who I am and I know what makes me happy. Yeah. And my quality of life, I know what I'm looking for, where I want to live, my, my surroundings, who I want to surround myself with, what part of the country, what makes... So knowing who you are and what you want, is, is a big key to decision-making in life. And when I was younger, you know, and, and I did, you know, I interviewed for other jobs this year. I got, I got telephone calls, but I, I've got to, if I'm ever going to leave my love for this place and my quality of life and, and how great it is here. And I tell you every day, I love it. Everyone knows I love it here. Yeah. Um, I love everything about Rhode Island, the state, the administration, the people here who I do it with every day. But there, there's always a place that, that might fit you better. There's, there could be, I don't know, but deep down inside, I know what I'm looking for and I know what makes me happy. And I'm not saying there isn't a place out there that would be my dream school or my, a perfect fit, but I'm very picky right now as to number one, half the time, I don't even know why people would want to hire me. Um, there's so many better coaches right now that have done bigger things. And, but my dream school is out there. Maybe, maybe not. Doesn't mean I won't look at it. But right now, it's got to be pretty damn good and be everything I want. Check every box to make me uproot a life that gives me complete joy every day and happiness. I don't care if I'm the highest paid coach in America. I don't care if I'm at a mid-major program. I don't care those things. I care that the fit and I am happy every day I get up. Like I, I look at myself sometimes and I go, is this my life <laughs> while I'm sipping, you know, a cocktail, listening to 80 songs on the Sunday on the ocean um, yeah. with, you know, live band and eating the best seafood I've ever gotten um, with unbelievable fans, a great administration and some of my best friends coaching with me. 
it is an amazing place right now. And I know my, I know my happiness. And so I think knowing who you are and what you truly want and not compromising um, to just get to the next level or get, you know, a status um, is big for me. And I think my age and my experience has a lot to do with it. Tammy Reese, Rhode Island Rams women's basketball head coach. As we shift from what we talked about here with Rhode Island to the NCAAs and what did happen, I think you're familiar with this uh, one wonderful uh, coach, fellow wonderful coach, Dawn Staley. I don't know if you know her, maybe you know her. And so back in Virginia time, roommate, roommates back, back in the day. So I want you to tell me, so when you're rooming with Dawn Staley, I want to know what was the food? What was the music? Like, paint me a picture. Bring me into that dorm room. What was life like with Dawn Staley? I want to know music, food, conversation, hobbies. What's going on? So, you know, she 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 won't kill me, but <laughs> you know, back in the day, you know, we didn't start as, out as roommates. We had yeah. separate roommates. Yeah. And um, Dawn is a night owl. I am a night owl. Okay. Dawn is a prankster. <laughs> I am a prankster. We lasted about five days with our roommates and they kicked us out and said, you two are rooming together. So Dawn and I roomed together and Audra and um, Allison ended up moving together. Audra Smith coached Clemson UAB. So then from there, Dawn and I never slept. We stayed <laughs> up till probably all two o'clock every morning. We played pranks on everybody, every day, every minute of the day. <laughs> what was on our, our little TV with a VHS was um, we watched Dirty Dancing. Okay. Dawn could recite word for word that movie. It was one of her favorites. Um, about last night with Rob Lowe and Demi Moore, when we were movie buffs, we were video junkies, MC Hammer, um, Rob Bass. You know, it was R&B and hip hop. And... Uh, you know, it was just mayhem with us too. Um, and she was so shy at the time yeah. that, you know, and I was such an extrovert, but behind closed doors, Dawn was the funniest. And you see it now, her personality. Yeah. It just took her a while to let the world <laughs> see it. The incredible person Dawn is. She was a leader. She was a mentor. She's a goofball. She's hilarious, <laughs> easy, relatable too. So it was mayhem our freshman year. The seniors hated us because we pranked them every minute. We didn't <laughs> care. Super competitive. Now, practice was ridiculous. Yeah. Dawn would who? You know, I remember, I got a story for you. I remember we lost to Tennessee in the overtime game, and she had the, the last shot in regulation to, to, to win it. And I would come in every day to our apartment, and she'd have it on. And just every day for, like, two months. And I'm like, Dawn, and this is – how I knew she was going to be a coach because every broke down every play, every, and I'm, I'm thinking like, D you got to let it go. Like she was just so driven yeah. to be the best. And she was one of the most, whether we're playing spades, whether she was the most competitive person. And it's what I learned from her. She made me great. She made me compete with her to try to be as good as her every day and everything we did. Um, and I'm so thankful for our friendship because those are the memories. I remember all our pranks. I re and we're still a sisterhood. Wahoo -wah. Um, We're all a sisterhood. And for me, it was the best four years of my life. My senior year in high school, 
and my four years of college, man, it is, it, there were special times. And Dawn was one of the reasons I have so many incredible memories, but we were, we were thick as thieves and the, the mayhem we caused, I can't even begin to tell you the stories. There are a million and people don't believe me and all oh, they're true. Um, and people who were there that got everything pranked and all that, they know. Um, but it, they were just incredible times, Dan, with an incredible um, person at the time that you knew greatness was coming. You knew it. You knew it. And it, it doesn't surprise me. She is now the GOAT. And on so many levels, not just basketball, on so many levels, she is the face of our game. She is leading um, our game into the next millennium. And, and that is the greatness of Dawn Staley. Couldn't have asked for a better response to that. And so I want you to know that I didn't know that I was a prankster. It was like under the surface, but in college, same thing. And I, I had a friend, I have a friend, Steve, still friends today. And he did, you know, I do impressions. So he came to my room and he called a war. And I sat back in the chair and I did my godfather, you know, pretend like you had the, the cotton balls in the mouth. And I was like, I wish you were on my phone. <laughs> and I just sat back in the chair and I said, Are you writing it in blood? Are you writing it in blood? And he said, Yeah, I'm doing it. So from that moment on, I did something I saw in Saved by the Bell and it worked. So I roped his dorm room door to the janitor's closet across the hall and he could not get out of his room for two hours. <laughs> I remember that. I remember that. Saved by the bell. Yeah. So I did that to see if it worked. It did. I did a lot of stuff. And so I like the fact that you and Don did that because that's that's awesome. And I feel like you never really lose that. So I got to ask you this. Does your team try to prank you? Do you try to prank your team? You know what's funny is some, they do little things like, you know, the new technology. They'll say, hey, coach, can you take a picture of us? And, you know, me, I'm, I'm, I'm 53. So I'm looking, I'm like, okay. And really they're recording me and then they're going to show me and, you know, things like that. But no, they're the sweetest kids. I'm like, can you guys get a little devil in you? A little bit of create your memories in college. Like I'm, I'm allowing you to be crazy. You know, I'm allowing you to go out and have your experiences go. And I do, I have the sweetest team. I'm not kidding you. Like, I would prank them before they prank me. I would. Um, and our pranks were not nice. Like our pranks were highly embarrassing, like almost like you shouldn't have done that. Like nowadays you get in trouble. You can't do it. Yeah. What we used to do, you can't do it. Um, and they were just crazy. Just absolutely. We almost got, Don and I almost got arrested in a 7-Eleven. We had the cops called on us um, with the outfits we had on, who we just pranked. We, we looked like we were going to hold up the 7-Eleven. We had stockings over our head that we pulled over. And uh, thank God they knew who we were or when. But the the person working late at night called the cops on us because they thought we were going to rob the 7-Eleven. Uh, we were in all black. We had, had shaving cream hammers on. And they're looking at us like, you know, we just we did some things that looking back like, God, that was really that was really dumb. Um, <laughs> but it also was some you know, just unbelievable memories, but that's what we were. We were, we, we just, we had a good time. And, you know, I tell our kids all the time, go out and create your memories, yeah. have a good time. That's what college is for. Um, 
just don't get too crazy. Um, again, you have these now. Yeah. We didn't have these when we were growing up. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. But it's just, it's my personality. I want people to have fun. I want people to enjoy. Um, and it makes for a good time while you're, while you're playing, while you're working hard, you got to play just as hard. Um, and I think sometimes that's lost. Um, while you're going, you know, you're training and you're going to school and you're doing all those things. So my favorite part of college is I had a good time and I was still highly successful, but I didn't compromise my social life, my academic life or my basketball life. It just went academics, basketball, social, um, appropriately. And so, you know, people can't not say I wasn't good time Tammy. <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. I appreciate that. So we look at the championship and to me, there was only one problem with the championship and it had nothing to do with the players and it had nothing to do with the coaches. So 30, <laughs> 34 double doubles, 34 double doubles. First time ever Angel Reese did it in a season for LSU. Kim Mulkey never won a championship at LSU. He's only been there a couple seasons wins a championship, has four overall behind Pat Summit's eight, and Gina is 11. Then we have Caitlin Clark, eight threes in the championship game, most ever made in the championship game. Back-to-back 40-point games, first time ever in postseason history. Add on to that over 180 points in the postseason in a single postseason, most ever in the history Two teams that advance, Iowa and LSU, have never been to the championship game, and LSU wins their first ever championship. So that is all the great, the other stuff. And my biggest issue, and I know that people have other issues and stuff like this. We've talked about a bunch of things, but it had nothing to do with anything on the court. It had to do with the fact that the game was played at 3.30 in the afternoon, which is 12.30 on the West Coast. People are in church, temple, they're at brunch. So when they make that complaint that the men's game has to be at 9.20, why? because you got to get everybody home on the West Coast. Well, then why would you put a championship game on Sunday at 3.30 in the afternoon, 2.30 for the people in Dallas that were at the stadium, and 12.30 for the West Coast? On top of all of that, why did ESPN do it? Because they had one of the first three games of the Major League Baseball season or uh, for a team played. There's 162 games, but the Rangers had to be on that night, which makes no sense. A championship versus that. So what I said to make it right is that during the World Series in November, they need to put a women's basketball game that's three games into the season on at 8 o'clock and put the World Series game on at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Your thoughts? Yeah. <laughs> you know, Dan, you know, you're exactly right. This is, this again, this is what you fight um, for growth of our game. Um, and... That time slot now, we had, what, 9.9 .9 million views, the, the highest. What could it have been if it was at, say, 7 p.m.? Yeah. Or, you know, not 9, but but 7? Yeah. Even 5.30. But a time slot, what could it have been? We'll never know. But this is what we fight, again, for women's basketball. And that's why it's so apropos that the television deal is up and we had the highest viewership. And now... We can find a package that will put us on prime time, that will value the market share now. Oh, no, people will watch. Yeah. Like, it's incredible the numbers that this Final Four generated. 
So now the dollars, that $35 million deal we had, oh no, it's going to be big. And so, you know, you're exactly right. There was so much to celebrate and we're still, we're still fighting to get, you know, our game to that level. Um, so I agree with you. There were so many unbelievable th things and our viewership was up and all that, but you still see inequalities of, of women's sports and men's sports. And, and that's what we've always been fighting and we're going to continue the fight. Now, is it getting better? Of course it is, but there's a, there's a, there's a definitely a want out there. You see by the numbers and yeah. you know, nothing supports women's basketball. There's gotta be a need. There's gotta be a demand and there's a demand. So now will we see the times change a better television package for, for women's basketball, all those things. I do believe we will. It's growth. We're not there yet, but we're going to be. So the mere fact that you notice things like that, yes, that's, that's where our game has been. All we can do is fight to make it better. People like, you know, are all the, the, the guys on ESPN last night for the men's game, they led with women's basketball. How many times does that happen? It was excellent. They talked about our stage our game before the men's game yeah national television those things need to happen and slowly but surely we're we're making gains and and again i like to be positive i like to say like many others in our game how can we grow this we see the inequality let's fight for this let's and thank god we have people that support that and i agree with you there were so many great things that final four was absolutely incredible and it's getting attention for a lot of the wrong reasons. I don't understand, but yeah. Yeah. we need to give it the attention for a lot of the right reasons and get our game in a better state. So thank you for noticing that. And yes, I agree wholeheartedly with you. Yeah. Cause I remember, I mean, I, I went home, so I, I had to do, so I found the best queso in Syracuse, by the way. And so it's a salt city kitchen and catering and they were closed on Sunday. And I texted the owners and I said, I need this queso for the women's and the men's championship. And they, and one of the owners wrote back to me and he was like, I'm going to be in at two o'clock. And I was like, for real? He's like, yeah, come in. So I got the queso, got my butt home, sat in front of that TV, loved it. Had my dog Lily right there with me. Loved the game, having a great time. And then I looked outside and I was like, it's still light outside. This is ridiculous. So, you know, to me, and again, me, me growing up as a kid, you growing up, they didn't show, and, and, and this might be strange to people that are like, I don't know, 10 years old, 15 years old right now. They didn't show the women's tournament until the championship. You didn't see any games. You didn't know how many teams played. You didn't know who was playing who. You couldn't find it on the internet. Some newspapers didn't even put the bracket in there. So you literally knew UConn because UConn was the one that made it to the end, but that was it. So, and if it, Man. go ahead. You're not even as old as me, sweetie. The only team you knew two teams existed in the championship were back in the day, USC. Yeah. On, it was Cheryl Miller versus Kim Mulkey at Louisiana Tech. They showed the championship game, and those were my role models. That's it. I didn't know anybody else. And then came like a Texas, but they, like you said, they only showed the championship game. And it was so when I think about when I grew up and to where our game has come now 
in the, you know, 42 years, it's incredible. Like it really is the growth, but there's so much growth to be had. Yeah. But you're exactly right. Like even when I played, we played back to back. There was no day of rest. We played back to back in a championship game. I played 40 minutes the night before. I had no legs left for the championship game. And people don't remember that. Like they didn't even, because of television, we had to make it fit in. Uh, Now you're playing back to back. Like, is that fair? Like imagine making kids do that now. Yeah. So the, 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 the new generations and and what our game, the growth, it, it's a great thing. It's only going to get better and we have to fight for it. Um, And, you know, I appreciate where our game has gone. I really do. Uh, um, And now, again, it's going to go to a whole nother level after this Final Four. I truly believe that. I truly believe that. Last note here, and I want to, and I wrote this after the game, and I want people to understand this. What Rhode Island has accomplished in all the history this season, it's not great women's basketball, it's great basketball. When you saw the championship being played between Iowa and LSU, and Jasmine Carson goes off like a mother in the first half, and you see Angel Reese do her thing, and Caitlin Clark is unconscionable. When you see all of that, it's not great women's basketball. It's great basketball. When you see the Final Four, and you see Dawn Staley as a coach, and everything she's done, and the behemoth she's created at South Carolina, it's not great women's basketball. It's great basketball. Because these athletes are fantastic. And I played basketball my whole life and I still go on the court to shut my brain off. And I'll tell you right now for watching it as long as I have pretty much my entire life, I have seen good basketball. I've seen shameful basketball. I've seen bad basketball. I've seen how are these two teams in the championship basketball. But what I saw over this weekend was one of the best basketball games I've ever seen in my life played by coaches that you wanted them both to win players that you wanted them all to win and just things that I can't even, I mean, I had people stop me. I can't tell you how many times in the last two weeks going, did you see that Caitlin Clark? You see what Caitlin Clark's doing, man, Caitlin Clark, you don't think about Caitlin Clark. Did you watch Clayton? Did you see, I mean, I mean, so many people stopped me. So all I, so funny Dan, because, I watch her all the year. I'm a big fan. I watch so much basketball. It's ridiculous. Men and women. Yeah. And that's a normal day for like, people think that, Oh, she's, she's in the zone. No, that's not the zone, sweetie. That's what she does day in and day out. Yeah. And you haven't been following her. Well, shame on you because she can do what Steph Curry does. So to get props from a, and he knows how hard it is to shoot from a logo and shoot 40% from a logo. There's not many people in the country that can do that men or women like she can do. That's just a great basketball player. So now men are like, oh, my God, this this is like she's the real deal. Yeah, we knew that for years. This kid was the real deal. And so you just needed a little exposure, a little more TV time to really appreciate the game. That's all. Same with Angel Reese. This kid's a double double machine. Aaliyah Boston. You know, you're, you're looking at some kids that can flat out who players, not women not men basketball players and we always say as women we want our game to be treated like the men well listen you want to be treated like the men 
You do as the men do. Listen, we do all this. We do all this. We do all this. We celebrate for a little swag, a little cocky. I got no problem with any of that, especially if you do it, because I used to do it. So they used to give it back to me and I took it because that's competitive nature. That's in their blood. Men do it all the time. We don't say anything to them. In our game, we make things bigger than they really are. Listen, they're two great players. They're going after it. And if Caitlin ain't got a problem with it, and Angel ain't got a problem with <laughs> it, well, you got a problem with it. That That's okay, but, yeah. you know, I want to celebrate all the, like you said, the great things. All that stuff is overshadowing the greatness that was displayed in those games, semis and finals, coaching, players, celebrate that. Yeah. Don't make it something it isn't. Like they, all them players, they were incredible. The performances were incredible. The coaching, the fan bases, my God, it was what it was to celebrate. It was the best Final Four that I've seen witness with some of the best players in the world. That's what I'm taking from that and celebrating. I'm not getting caught up in all that other stuff. That's overshadowing our game. And, you know, that can be. I'm celebrating their greatness. I agree with you. I agree with you. There's way too much to celebrate to hang in the drama. And Tammy and I aren't dramatic people. So with that being said, I appreciate you. I thank you. I know you got to get hopping, but you and I will talk again very soon. Reese's Pieces, Tammy Reese, Rhode Island Rams women's basketball head coach, my great friend. And they don't make them like Tammy. So, Rhodey, y'all are blessed. Y'all are blessed. Hey, listen. <laughs> Dan, I'm jealous. I don't know who came on here and could swear better than me. I'm just being appropriate. I can swear with the best of them. So if, if I need to set a record, oh, I can do that. You may have to bleed. But listen, I can go. So I don't know who you're giving kudos out for all those swear words. I can use them all as an adjective, verb, pronoun. It don't matter. They can come now. So I'm a little jealous. I'm a little jealous. Yeah, they didn't they, they didn't have the green light from me, but they took it. They had the yellow and they ran under that yellow. So but yeah. <laughs> we'll talk soon. Well, too. good for them. Listen, I love you, Dan. And as always, go Rody. I love you too. I'll talk to you soon, Tammy. Take care. That coming again from Tammy Reese here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports meets that thing called life. Appreciate her so very much. And Every time I talk to her, I don't want to get off. I just, I don't want to stop. You know what I mean? Like, that's when you know you have genuine, great relationships, friendships, connections in life. When you're like, I don't want to hang up, you hang up. <laughs> so I'm like, you know what I mean? So that's, that's awesome. And I appreciate that she heard. Yeah, yeah. Pat and, Pat and Ron and, and Christy easily set a record. John Wallace did his own thing, his own way. Thank Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that I was on the internet when, when John Wallace came on the show and talked about the NCAA. Damn. <laughs> but it, was, it was fierce. He didn't hold back. So, <laughs> you know, but a beautiful thing. I'm proud to wear my Rhode Island Rams gear because I love my friend. Thank you, Tammy. We'll take a step aside for a fast break. And folks, let, th let this show be an example to you. These women, they're fantastic hoopers, not good women's basketball players, great basketball players, period. Don't take the women out, take the men out. You don't say a man is a great men's basketball player. You say, wow, he's a great player. That's it. 
So just say that. Caitlin Clark, awesome. Angel Reese, awesome. Jasmine Carson, she waited till the end to make it make it all count. How about it? Right? Says Nano inside. The team was different when she had, when she had foul trouble, when she fouled out. These coaches, awesome. The game, awesome. Dawn Staley, awesome. I know she her team didn't advance to the championship this year, but I love her leadership. So there's so much to enjoy when you watch these games. So to all those networks out there, I don't know, maybe Dance Tour Broadcast Media needs to get a network. Maybe we need a DTBM network because I would play all the games. I would make it happen. I would make it accessible. I would let people on the West Coast see some East Coast, some East Coast see some West Coast. I would make sure you all saw Caitlin Clark and Angel Reese before the end. So maybe I have to do it. I don't know. Call me, people. What's up? We'll take a step aside for a fast break. We'll be back right after this. In these unique times, there are those in our community that give us a sense of normalcy and positivity. Pizza Man on 50 Oswego Street in Baldwinsville has been here for you for over 35 years and is here now. Call 315-638-1234 or order online at pizzamanbville.com to bring those familiar tastes into your home. And remember to come see our monthly on-site broadcasts centered around the community and our Baldwinsville Bees. Pizza Man in Baldwinsville. Any way you slice it, they are always here for you. This is Jimmer Sikowski, owner-operator of Chick-fil-A Cicero, 7916 Brewerton Road in Cicero, right in front of the Home Depot. I had a deep feeling that God wanted me to do something bigger with my life and to help people, help others. I kept putting Chick-fil-A in my life, and I realized as I was going through the franchise selection process that uh, positively impacting the lives of others was really core to what we do here at Chick-fil-A. First of all, it starts with the food. The food is brought in fresh daily, you know, we bring in local produce, we prepare to order in the kitchen, we hand bread our chicken, we hand spin our milkshakes, it's it's great food, it doesn't taste like fast food. I, I think the second thing is is the way people feel when they come in a Chick-fil-A restaurant, it's different. We, we try to treat people with intentional kindness here, which is very different and deeper than good customer service, and so... I think it feels remarkable for most people to come in a Chick-fil-A restaurant. And then lastly, the impact that we try to have in the community is very different. It's a big part of the expectation of every operator of a Chick-fil-A restaurant is that they're actively engaged in their community, they're a leader in the community, and they're, they're making a difference. When they realize that what we're striving to do is to shine a little light in their life, that's a very, very different experience than you will have in any other quick service restaurant. And it's that remarkable experience that I think people will emotionally connect with. 
I'm George Townsend of Honda City with some good advice from buying a new car. The true cost of owning a new car is determined by the appraised value when you trade it. No vehicle appraises higher than a Honda. Next, look for low APRs and deep discounts. You also want low maintenance costs and great fuel economy. That's why my advice to you is to buy a new Honda. Looking pre-owned, visit our Honda Certified Used Car Center. Honda City, 7140 Henry Clay Boulevard, Liverpool, or hondacity-cny.com. Our corporate purpose at Chick-fil-A is to glorify God by being faithful stewards of all that's entrusted to us and to possibly influence all those who come in contact with Chick-fil-A. And what became increasingly clear from our success at Cicero is that people love Chick-fil-A. And also, I think we recognize that, you know, we had a great opportunity to grow the brand and grow our platform. I felt incredibly grateful when I was selected to be a Chick-fil-A operator. I think what it's meant for me, what I've come to realize on a very deep level is that this is a calling for me. It's not a career. It's not a job. The Lord called me to be a Chick-fil-A operator and to use these restaurants to glorify him and to positively influence other people. I'm blessed. I'm very blessed. Head to Chick-fil-A Clay on 3974 State Route 31 in Liverpool, New York. Avicoli's, located on the corner of Route 57 and Wetzel Road in Liverpool, New York, has been your trusted neighbor for decades. Located just steps from Liverpool High School, we're happy to have the Liverpool Warriors on-site, on-location broadcast at Avicoli's through Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora every single month, featuring student-athletes, coaches, and administration throughout the year from Liverpool High School. Head out to Avicoli's today on the corner of Route 57 and Wetzel Road in Liverpool, New York, open Tuesday through Sunday for lunch, dinner, and drinks. We'd love to see you out there. And of course, you can call them at 315-622-5100 for takeout delivery and catering. That's 315-622-5100. And also find them on myavicolis.com. That's myavicolis.com. Having peace of mind when you're out of town, that your furry-loving friend is safe and sound, means taking them to Canine Campground. Because we all know that when it comes to the love of our pets, it goes well beyond the call of duty to make sure they're safe and sound. Right, Lily? So take a ride to 242 Johnson Street in East Syracuse, New York, and see Canine Campground and where your dog will be staying, in the classic cabin, the executive cabin the grand cabin, or of course, the luxury cabin, because if you know Lily, you know she loves luxury. <laughs> now you don't have to wait to the last minute to find a family member or a friend that'll take your dog for a few days. Call Canine Campground at 315-299-4013. That's 315-299-4013. Their drop-off and pick-up times are Monday through Sunday. Check Canine campground.com for more information that's the letter k the number nine and campground spelled with a k.com k9campground.com when you're going out of town bring your dog to canine campground (laughs) 
PB&J's Lunchbox, the food truck that you love finding all throughout Central and Upstate New York, now has a street-side cafe. So when you're craving their traditional favorites as well as their out-of-box amazing menu items, you can now head to 663 Old Liverpool Road in Liverpool, New York, located just minutes from the highway, the thruway, Destiny USA, and Onondaga Lake Parkway. PB&J's Lunchbox Street-Side Cafe is there for you Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to 7 p.m., serving breakfast, lunch, and and dinner all throughout the day. Get breakfast for dinner, dinner for lunch, whatever you fancy, including their award-winning grilled peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Find them at 663 Old Liverpool Road in Liverpool, New York. PB&J's Lunchbox, where we love to know what's in your lunchbox. This is a special message from 317 at Montgomery restaurant owner Joel Carpenter. Open Tuesday through Saturday for your dining pleasure on 317 Montgomery Street in Syracuse, New York. We wanted to be a part of the resurgence of Syracuse. We saw uh, a lot of money being put into bringing people back downtown and thought that, you know, we'd like to be a part of that. I love putting together a good dish where people see it first, they fall in love with it, and then it tastes just as good as it looks. We want to provide the best food in Syracuse that we possibly can, and we want you to leave here talking to your family, your friends about what you had to eat first and foremost, but also our service and to walk out feeling like you're part of our family. I work out in the front of the house a lot, and I love walking to every single table, asking them how everything is, and people looking at me and smiling and saying, this is the most amazing short rib I've ever had. This is the most amazing filet I've ever had. And Donna is great. Sarah's amazing. Thank you for coming over and talking to us. And then them just being truly happy for the experience that they've gotten. 317 at Montgomery Restaurant, part of the fabric of downtown Syracuse, located on 317 Montgomery Street in Syracuse, New York, open Tuesday through Saturday for a unique and memorable dining experience. What's up, people? Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora inside of Cafe Kubal Studios, hanging out with you where sports meets that thing called life. We're going a little bit over today, but that's because we've had great conversations with great people inside of MonPazPopcorn.com's What's Poppin'. I've had the awesome privilege to have Christie's Corner. This is episode five that we did today of Christie's Corner. She's with us bi-monthly every other Tuesday, and we have had the opportunity to tell her story, the story of a champion, the story of someone who was stabbed, shot in the chest, left for dead on the floor by her husband and is here today to tell her story. Christy is not just a champion in the ring. She is a champion out of the ring. And like I say, I don't call people victims or survivors. I call them thrivers because to survive means that you escaped something. To thrive means that that thing that you escaped does not define you. And Christy is not defined by what Jim Martin did to her. Jim accidentally unlocked another piece of Christy Martin that showed her that she's even stronger than she thought. Has even more faith than she thought. More courage than she thought. Jim Martin screwed up and made Christy an even stronger person by accident. But... I don't believe that there's accidents in life. 
I believe the person that Christy is today and everything that she's been through can hopefully save a life today. So there's purpose and there's a reason. You never let yourself be defined by the people that victimized you. You let yourself be defined by the person you have chosen to be, regardless of what people have said and done to you. So, Christy, I love you. You know I do. Ron Borges, what a treasure to have him on the show today. Fantastic conversation. Wonderful conversation. Beautiful conversation from a sports writer that joined Christy in writing her book. And you can go and get her book. You can go to Christy Martin Promotions, reach out to her and get her book there. Or you can go to Amazon.com and look up Christy Martin or Fight for Survival and you'll find her book. So make sure you do that. To Pat Orr, the exclusive partner of Christy's Corner, coming to you from PB&J's Lunchbox. I was there yesterday. I got dinner there. It was fantastic. I got the tenderloin dip. So you got like the tenderloin sliders, brought them home, had some, oh, I love their fries. Had them, sat in front of the TV, got some work done, and PB&J's fed me well. So they always do. 663 Old Liverpool Road in Liverpool, New York. Head out there today and every Monday through Saturday. They are closed on Sundays, so make sure you get out there. Monday through Saturday, 663 Old Liverpool Road in Liverpool, New York. And Tammy Reese, who you just heard before the break. What can I say about Tammy? She's becoming a closer friend by the minute. I love her. I appreciate her. I love her so much. I really do. You know, she's she's family. You know, she's become such a close friend and such a good friend. And she's just a good person. And And I wear this proudly. Almost 20 years of being a broadcaster. I've never done that before. Where I have like the shirt on still and then I rip it. And then here we are. So... I want to make history because she's the type of person you want to do special things for. So shout out to the wonderful, beautiful, fantastic soul that is Tammy Reese. And now we have the ingredients to success. So let's hop on into it, folks. And it's fitting because we're going to be at Abacoli's tonight. So the great thing about doing the ingredients to success, proudly presented by Abacoli's, is you're going to see us in a few hours at Evacoli's, and I get to do another broadcast, a specialty broadcast, which I'm really excited about, because I get to do it with people that I've had for a while. I get to celebrate a team that I've celebrated for many years now, and that's the Liverpool Warriors girls lacrosse team. They're going to be joining me tonight on site, on location with their head coach, Aaron Anderson, and the team to usher in this beautiful 2023 season, get you set. Get you excited. We ask that the whole team comes out. We want to see all the student athletes. We're going to have some student athletes speaking. As always, Coach will pick a few student athletes to sit down and speak with me in the live broadcast. But the entire team is always invited. And so are the parents and the guardians and the brothers and the sisters and the friends. Everyone's invited to come out to this thing. We always let this is what we do it for. It's a community event. That's why we do it out in public because we want you to be there. We want you to come and support. We want you to love up the team and see them face-to-face and wish them luck face-to-face. So, you know, come out tonight, 6 o'clock, to Avicoli's. Come see us, 7839 Oswego Road in Liverpool, New York. Come out there. Come see the team. Come support the team. Like I said, we're going to be out there on-site, on-location at Avicoli, 7839 
Oswego Road in Liverpool, right down the road from Liverpool High School at the corner of Route 57 and Wetzel Road. You'll find us there tonight, April 4th, 6 o'clock on the pizza side doing our show. So come out and see me, see head coach Aaron Anderson, and see these incredible student athletes and cheer them on for a 2023 season to remember, which I'm really looking forward to these wonderful girls and with coach and with Liverpool in general. So we look forward to having you out there tonight at Avicoli's. And right now with Avicoli's bringing you the ingredients to success, our positive topic, positive vibes topic, everything that we do on the show, we seek to have the positive side, right? Even when we got to have those tough conversations, we're always looking to find the silver lining. Just like Tammy said, she said, I don't focus on the negative. Don't focus on it. She doesn't focus on the drama. She focuses on, okay, this is a problem. How do we fix it? As opposed to this is a problem. And let's just talk about the problem. Let's talk about the solution. You know, and there's a lot of people in life that talk about the problem. And there's not a lot of people in life that talk about the solution. Some people just want to complain about what's wrong with society because they want to watch the society burn. Other people talk about what's wrong in society and then they say, okay, that's the problem. What are we going to do about it? Because people that want to make the world a better place are going to work to make the world a better place. People that just want to see the world burn, they're not going to make the world a better place. They're just going to talk about how everything's horrible all the time. So that's not what we do here. We have the tough conversations, but we find the positive moving forward. So today's topic for the ingredients to success, forgive your past. That's today's topic. Forgive your past. Forgive what has happened to you. Proudly brought to you by Avicoli's on the corner of Route 57 and Wetzel Road in Liverpool, New York. Forgive your past. It's not an easy thing to do, right? What I've learned in society, talking with people every day, is that we, as a human race, we've all been through something, right? Even the people that look happiest and look like they don't have a care in the world, we've all been through something. And it has molded us in some way. There's a difference between your past making you and you making yourself despite what has come out of your past. Because obviously our experiences affect us, right? But are you a victim to those experiences? Or are you in control of your life? And there is a difference. You know, people that are a victim to their experiences, they they remain a victim. And nobody wants to see that. Nobody wants to see a, a victim to their experiences. We want to see, I mean, me, I want to see people happy. I want to see people growing. I want 